Well hello, I'm Martin and this is the Bite Size Snooker Social Podcast bringing you the news and previews in under 10 minutes and we're hurtling towards the business end of the snooker season sadly without the China Open this year the tournament that normally precedes the World Championship and that's because of the coronavirus issues of course that continue over there but hopefully the World Snooker Tour will be back in China as normal next season But for the players, this is the critical stage of the season now with all sorts of different narratives going on, a few of which I'll take a look at in a bit more detail. But we've just had the snooker shootout and big congratulations there for Michael Holt in getting through the four days of absolute madness to clinch that trophy and a place at the Players' Championship this week. Whether you love it or hate it, It has again been grabbing attention, it's been creating lots of talking points and producing controversial implications and the arguments as to whether or not the shootout should be a ranking event continue to rage on and this year it might be World Snooker themselves who will feel that they've scored a bit of an own goal given the weekend's results mean that Ronnie O'Sullivan can't now defend his players' championship this weekend. I'm not going to get into all the arguments for or against the shootout. All I will say is that each and every player knows what they are entering into. Nothing has changed across the course of this season and everyone who has earned points in every event this season or who has chosen to skip events did so fairly and squarely. And in fairness, actually, I've not heard Ronnie O'Sullivan or any other player for that matter making any complaints. So... That's completed the lineup of 16 players who will take part in this week's Players' Championship. It's a lucrative Coral Series ranking event that takes place in Southport in England with a final this Sunday, the 1st of March. The 16 players, though, are not the top 16 ranked players. Instead, it's the guys who've performed the best in this season's ranking events and it's measured in prize money earned. So you've got... Jack Lazowski, for example, a well-established top 16 player now, but he misses out on a trip to Southport because he sits at number 20 in that one-year list. And conversely, you've got Graham Dott and Thep Chaya are new amongst the top 10 earners this season, but they are not top 16 players. And with the eight-man Tour Championship still to come, these places are even more scarce. And as things currently stand, a number of big names, as I mentioned, Ronnie O'Sullivan, you've also got Mark Williams and Kyron Wilson, they're not currently in that top eight in the one-year list, so uh, that's going to be interesting too to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. And So that that's a few of the, the ongoing narratives there that, that, that are in the snooker world, and it's, it's definitely one to keep an eye on in the coming weeks, and I would highly recommend uh, the website snooker.org for all those stats and possibilities. Uh, Another thing that's playing heavy on the minds of every professional snooker player at this time of year is qualification for the World Championship. Uh, It's every player's dream to play at the Crucible, but only 32 actually get to do it each year in a sport that has 128 professionals. So if you do the mathematics, that doesn't really work out. And for the lower-ranked players, qualification is more difficult this season with the return of tiered stages and that will make it highly unlikely that we'll see a repeat of amateur players getting through as they'll face more matches to get to the Crucible than previously. It'll be four matches for the lowest ranked players uh, with seedings coming into play in in various rounds and and a wave of higher ranked players will join the next round and so on. I wouldn't certainly get uh, bogged down in the nitty gritty of that one but I think it is a great move 
Uh, it rewards the best players on the tour. It offers an added incentive for the players that are down the ranks to try and improve on their positions during the season. It's especially helpful for those players who are sitting at, you know, 17 and 18, for example, in the rankings. They've just missed out on their place at the Crucible. But last year, they would have had to have played the same number of qualifying matches as, as other players who had, quite frankly, achieved very little uh, across the year. It also means that when those Crucible lights hit, you'll know that it's the very best, the cream of the crop, that are going toe-to-toe for the next 17 days. Now, another key theme that has been particularly prevalent over recent weeks is what is known as Tour Survival. This is the ongoing battle for many of the players to hold on to a place in the top 64 in order to keep their tour card for the following season. A card lasts for two years and if you find yourself outside the top 64 eh, at the end of those two years, then you, my friend, are no longer a professional snooker player. And the standard of player in the amateur game is quite incredible at the moment and continues to improve year after year eh, as it goes even more far-reaching across the world, of course, continuing to become even more difficult for former professionals to regain the promised land of a new tour card. But for four players this season, there will be a lifeline, and that will be for the players that are outside the top 64 at the end of the season, but who've made the highest amount of prize money during the season, so 2019-20 season. And topping that list right now is Mark Joyce, who sits at number 66, but is actually having a pretty successful season. He's been helped greatly by reaching the final of the Riga Masters last July. Uh, He's picked up some vital ranking points this season and some big scalps, such as his defeat of Neil Robertson at the Northern Ireland Open. So he sits at number 38 on that one-year list, and barring a bizarre series of unfortunate events, he should be safe. And then there's Ken Doherty. He's the 97 world champion, of course. He's flirting dangerously with the top 64 cut-off point and just hasn't done enough this season to earn the same lifeline that Mark Joyce is likely to enjoy. So that makes the forthcoming Gibraltar Open and the World Championship qualifiers absolutely enormous for these players that are in a a similar position to Ken. Now, I'd be the first to argue for Ken Doherty to receive an Invitational Tour card as a, a legend of the game, but there's no guarantees that that will happen, and you know for sure that Ken will be doing all he can to stay on the tour by merit. And finally, Michael Georgiou, he's a fine example of what can happen to players two years after a big success when it no longer counts towards your world ranking. Georgiou won the snooker shootout in 2018, so that earned him £32,000 and the equivalent number of ranking points. But this week he's lost those points and he's automatically tumbled down 13 places from 50 to number 63, right on the cusp of being a professional. So that will be quite a shock to the system for the Cypriot who will, he'll have been feeling relatively comfortable on the tour he would imagine for the last couple of years and I suppose that's to the credit of the two-year ranking system. It keeps players on their toes and it insists that they can't live off past glories for too long and we're about to see what that system could mean for Mark Williams who come August may be threatened with falling back out of the top 16. It was uh, back in 2018 that he had that incredible world championship victory and That was after being out of the top 16 and not qualifying the previous year. And it's arguably just as impressive a victory that he got a few months later at the World Open in China. So those will both come off Mark Williams' ranking points as as the two-year 
period comes to a close and it will be interesting to see if Mark has it in him to, to claw his way back to the top one more time or if, as sadly he's been threatening to do, decides to step away from it completely. I'll tell you what though, you would never bet against Mark Williams, so watch this space. So that gives you a flavour of the importance of not just the main ranking system, but also the one-year list and the impact that that can have on a player's future. The one-year list is a great measure of form, and at the very top of that list this year is unsurprisingly Judd Trump. But for me, the story of the season has been the number two player in that list. It's the magician, Sean Murphy, and his fascinating return to form. That was in Asia early in the season and that went a bit unnoticed on European shows. That's why I was delighted to see Sean winning the Welsh Open earlier this month in Cardiff. It sets him up nicely for the big end of season events but also restores him back amongst the top players in the sport where he very much belongs. And the players who stick out like a sore thumb for me on that one year list? Well, John Higgins, the Wizard of Wishaw, number 8. This season, despite being uh, finished, according to many, um, it's his 28th year as a professional, and he's still got it. And what about Yan Bingtao? He's sitting 6th on that one-year list. He's very much chapping on the door of a top 16 ranking spot. He became, last July, only the third Chinese player to win a ranking event, and he's followed that up and appears to be improving all the time. He's just turned 20, so very much he's the future of this sport, and it'd be fantastic if he could make his crucible debut this year. So that's a bit of a roundup ahead of a massive week at the Players' Championship. All the action will be live on ITV4 in the UK and on Eurosport across the rest of the continent. You can email me, snookersocial at outlook.com. But for now, have a great week, and thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>